Everybody say how to. Welcome to part two of a series called How To. If you are not here last week, I would strongly encourage you, go get the CD or go watch online. Uh, we, we kicked off last week with how to start your year off right, and I, I thought what we talked about was huge. And, and, but this series is, is totally different from week to week. So this, this week doesn't necessarily build on last week, and so there's not a lot of like a recap so I can get you up to speed. Last week was totally different than what I'll talk about today, but I would strongly encourage you to go get it. Today, because we are about to embark on a 21-day corporate fast, I I want to start out with this whole idea of how to fast. Because for some of you, fasting is foreign, something new, something you've never heard about, something you've never done. For some of you, fasting is something that you have done with us in the past, but it is always good to get that refresher, to get that reminder, to get because you're gonna, I'm telling you, if you fast with us, you're gonna need that motivator. Now I don't know about you, but like here's here's what happens in my house. Um, on the 21-day fast, we typically will do what's called a Daniel's fast, and I can explain that later for you, but it's a fast that we do that, that for those 21 days, and we also mix in some other things as well. But every once in a while, my wife will not feel good or want to like kickstart something with her health or something like that, and she'll say, Todd, let's do a, let's do a Daniel's fast. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to. It's no. And she goes, come on, well, just for five days, just for three days, just please do it with me because I don't want to have to cook like this and then watch you eat good food in front of me that I want. And then I don't want, you know, and so she does this whole thing. And, and basically I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I eat whatever I want when she's not around. And, and, and here's why. It's because, it's because when I'm doing it for her, I'm just doing it purely because I love her and support her. But when she can't see what I'm doing, it, it doesn't matter. Guys, can I get just a, Amen. You know, I say that to get to this bigger point. When I fast unto the Lord, God is always with me. And when I fast and I do it unto him, I don't cheat. I, don't, it, I, I, I absolutely don't even think about cheating. Well, I think about cheating. But I don't go all the way with cheating on whatever it is that I'm fasting. It's because fasting is, is to the Lord is something that is holy. It is something that is consecrated. It is set apart unto Him. But when I'm just supporting my wife, that's just another, another kind of thing. And for those of you who fasted before, how many know you need to be reminded of that, moly, that, that holy motivation? I said moly. Um, <laughs> that holy motivation that you need to get through with a 21-day fast. And so anyway, if you have your Bibles, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to talk about fasting. Now, here's what fasting is. If you don't know what fasting is, I wrote down like the most simple definition. Fasting is giving up food for a predetermined purpose for a predetermined time. Now, we can fast other things, and a lot of times I'll encourage people to even do like technology fast or to fast television, or some of y'all are game junkies, or you know, what. So, there's some other things that you can fast, but when you talk about fasting in the Bible, what you'll find is, is that it was people giving up food for a predetermined amount of time for a predetermined purpose. Here's what Jesus had to say about it Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is talking to a group of people, he goes, When you fast, don't look somber. Like, I know it's uncomfortable, but don't be cranky. And don't be cranky in your face. Don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show men that they're fasting. I'm telling you, they already have received their reward in full. But when you fast, just put some oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you're fasting. Again, that's customs. We wouldn't have to worry about that. But only to your father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here's Jesus in his very first sermon. It's what's called the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to a group of people. He says, hey, when you fast, 
Everybody say when. Notice he's like, hey, if you ever do this, he says, if it ever strikes you, if you ever have the desire, if the pastor ever tells you you need to, it, there's never an if, is there? Twice in just, you know, five, six sentences, he says, when you do this, which means Jesus was talking to a group of people who already had an assumption that fasting was, should be and, and could be a part of their normal behavior and lifestyle. Like fasting, I want you to know, because fasting is not normal. In, in, in the typical modern American church, we just don't talk about fasting that much. We really don't. But in the Bible, when you really read it, fasting is all throughout the Bible. As a matter of fact, if you go back to uh, Moses, Moses did two different 40-day fast. That's crazy. 40-day fast, and he did two of them. Um, think about it like this. When Jonah, remember the whole the Jonah and the great fish and that whole thing? He goes to a place called Nineveh, which is the capital of, of a wicked city and a wicked empire. And he goes and says, God's going to bring judgment against you and destroy everything. And you know what they did? They fasted. Heathenistic, wicked, don't know God from nothing, started fasting. When you look at um, Jesus, Jesus fasted before he kind of began his ministry, teaching and preaching and healing and doing all that he did. He took 40 days and he fasted. There's a woman that was at, where, you know, when Jesus was brought to the temple to be dedicated as a baby, there was a prophetess named Anna and the Bible said she fasted often. I'm going to show you a bunch more today, but like fasting is, a, is old school. Can I just put it like that? Like this isn't nothing new. This is old school and people, this is an ancient practice. Now here's what I need you to know. Because if you're a visitor today, this is strange and I get that. And if you're not a believer today, this is really strange. I get, I get that. Let me help you out because this is the equivalent. Um, imagine you showing up to football practice and on the day that you show up to football practice, we're working on the Hail Mary. Imagine you showing up, you've never played football, and you're new to football, and you show up to football practice, and you think, I'm going to learn the basics and the fundamentals, of, and we're, we're working on the onside kick. That's the equivalent of what fasting is. Now, how many of y'all are into football season right now? It's playoffs, got done with college. You know, we, we saw a game yesterday that came down to the wire, and you know what they were doing? They had to pull out all the stops, and they were doing onside, and they got the onside kick. And then they got to go for the Hail Mary, and they botched the Hail Mary, but like, how many know your Hail Mary and your onside kick? That's, that's like the, hey, we just got to throw it up in the air and believe for the best and hope for the best and we just got to go for it. Can I tell you, that fasting is like a Christian secret weapon. If you really want to see God's power move in a unique and a substantial way, way outside of your normal day-to-day -day routine, Fasting is the way to do it. When you look at what the scriptures have to say about fasting and you see when people fasted, what took place and what happened, God moves in incredible ways during a time of fasting. Now, how many of you could use God to move and show up in your life right now? How many of you could really use some? Now, not everybody's like that. I mean, some of us in here are like, no, things are pretty good, and, you know, nothing crazy. And... But there's a lot of us that say, man, I could use a huge breakthrough. And I'm telling you, fasting is that secret weapon. But you know what? Even if you don't need a huge breakthrough, I'm, I'm going to help you out here. Those of you who say, no, life is, life is pretty good. Everything's kind of going all right. Let me tell you what else fasting does. Let, let me put it like this. Do you know that in your body that you have about 650 different muscles operating in your body? Right? Like, like one, one of the most important muscles is the, is the heart muscle. You know your heart muscle pumps 2,000 gallons of blood per day? That's crazy. 
Do you know that your muscle, the, God, the way God created the heart muscle, the muscle is so fascinating that it can beat three billion times in a row without skipping a beat? Some of you, not so much, but that's because of McDonald's. But <laughs> the way God intended it to, if, you're, if you have a, and some of you are like, I need that heart. And so you have the heart muscle that's so absolutely important. Does anybody know what your largest muscle is? Delano, you know this. No, it's your booty. Biggest muscle is your gluteus maximus. It's your booty. Okay. Strongest muscle. Some of you think your wife's strongest muscle is her tongue. It's not. It's her jaw. Do you know that the jaw, you know the human jaw back at the molars can, can generate 200 pounds of pressure? Strong. Um, most fascinating muscle to me is the eye muscle. We can't figure it out quite. How all the eye. Do you know that the eye creates 10,000 different unique movements? It's fascinating. When you think about even your face, do you know that you guys probably know this one? It takes 43 muscles to frown. Everybody frown. 43 muscles. How many muscles to smile? Only 17. Everybody smile. Okay, I'm going to tell you about the, the muscle that we typically don't work, though. This is the muscle we don't know about. Now, how many know when, when you need bigger biceps, you do what? You do some curls. When you need some bigger quads, you know, you start doing some, some squats. You know, if you need your heart muscle to be better, you start doing what? Some cardiovascular type workouts. You know, we, we, we got it all figured out. There's a muscle in us that, that if, if you don't need breakthrough right now, let me tell you what you always need. You need to work on your no muscle. There is a muscle that we have. We, we, we refer to it metaphorically as our backbone or our spine, but it's our no muscle. How many know what I'm talking about? You have times in your life where you really, really want something, you know you shouldn't have it, and you have to say what? Yeah, let's try that again, everybody together. Everybody say? No. No, we, we have to say no. And you know how you do it? Now, if you have biceps and you have bicep issues, you start doing curls. But if you have no issues and you need to work on your no muscle, do you know what you do? You fast. There's nothing more powerful than fasting to work your no muscle. Because here's what you're in essence telling your body to do. I'm going to get to all the spiritual stuff in a minute. But I'm telling you this though. If you have a problem with self-discipline. As a matter of fact, think of it like this. In Galatians 5, Paul lists out all the fruits of the spirit. Remember those little kids on Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, da 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 And self-control. <laughs> I just remember the ending part. And self-control. Hey, I, I, shocking idea. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And self-discipline is what? It is your ability to say. It's your ability to say no. How many times were we faced with a financial situation? We really don't want that, but we know that to be a good steward, we need to say we need to say no. We, we, guys, we, we're tempted all the time with, with sensual images where we want to look here, click there, Google that. You know, whatever, We have to say what? We have all kinds of t temptation to get angry, to get mad, to be jealous, to, to harbor bitterness. And we have to say no. And we have all these times in life where we need to develop the muscle, the self-discipline to say no. Here's what the Bible says. This is a, it's a fascinating scripture. Proverbs 16 verse 32 says this. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit is better than he who takes a city. The one that has self-discipline, the Bible says this, it, it's, it's better to have some self-discipline than to conquer a city. That's pretty crazy to think about. We think conquering a city, that's pretty good. No, he said self-control is better. Being patient is better than being powerful. Having that no muscle is better 
than getting your hands on everything you would ever want and ever desire. It's better. You need to develop your no muscle. I read an interesting article in, in, in light of this thing. There was an article, and it was a case study article. And what they did in the case study was this, is they took all these college students, and, and they basically gave them an unsolvable problem. How fun is that? You know, you got duped, and they didn't tell them it was unsolvable. They gave them like this puzzle that was unsolvable, and they the, the, the professors knew that, but the students didn't know that. But to set up the puzzle, what they did was is they first put them into a room, and every room had both cookies and radishes. How many of you like radishes? Wow, okay, that's surprising. So maybe this wouldn't work for you. But college students, by and large, probably not a lot of radish lovers out there. Uh, the palate's not ready yet. So... So they put these college students in a room, and with half of the students, they said, you can have cookies, but you cannot have radishes. And with the other half of the students, they said, you can have radishes, but you cannot have cookies. And then they let them take on the puzzle. And do you know that the, the kids that ate the cookies, this is the funny part, they lasted twice as long as the people that are the kids that had to eat radishes. Do you know Why? is because the people that ate the radishes had already had to use their no muscle and had already had to exercise self-control to say no to the cookies and eat the radishes so that by the time they got to the puzzle, their no muscle had depleted so much they didn't have the self-discipline to stay on task. They quit out way too early. Does that make sense? Like you have a no muscle. Like you literally have a self-control and a self-disciplined muscle inside of, of your will. And that thing, I'm telling you, when you fast, what you do is this. You will teach your body... It's not in control. Like, let me give you, let me give you some, some, some thought here. Normally, we don't think of ourselves the way that the Bible thinks about ourselves. And here's what I mean. The Bible teaches that we are a spirit, that we have a soul, meaning we have thoughts and emotions and the ability to choose and make decisions, but that we live in a body. Now, most of us, when we live life, we just assume that we are all of that and, and that our body is who we are. And so, therefore, when we have cravings or desires or wants, we just kind of give in to them and go for them because we think, well, that's just what I want. But that's not what the Bible teaches. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that, that your spirit ought to be the master and be in control of everything, that your soul should be a servant to what is in your heart to do, and that your body should be a slave to it all. Does that make sense? Now, how many of us really live like our body is a slave and our body is a servant? How many of us actually live life like our body is in control and we do what it wants? So that when we want that, we just do it. And we crave that, we just do it. And we really want to react that way, we just go for it because we don't care. The Bible says these are what we call fleshly desires and fleshly cravings. But fasting is the way in which you tell your body you are not in control anymore. What a fascinating thought to say, hey, you're not in control. And the best way that you do that, you exercise your body by fasting. What is the thing that your body wants the most? Food. If you don't believe me, fast. See what happens. The thing that your body wants the most is food. I'll prove it to you. Have you ever uh, been needing to go do something and you kind of needed to go do it, but you didn't? And when people asked you why, you said, man, I just haven't had the time. I've just been so busy. I just haven't had the time. I know it's important. I just haven't had the time. You have never said that about food. You have never once been like, you know, it's been like two days and I just haven't eaten. I've been so busy. I've been so busy. I just haven't eaten in two days. You know I'm right, aren't you? I mean, like, that's just the way we don't. It doesn't matter how important things are. We will put it on hold if we don't have time, except, except some food. And so when we fast, what we do is this, is we tell our body, no. Because your body, let me help you out quick here. It doesn't need food. It will tell you it needs food. You don't need food. 
Even children are designed in such a way that they will naturally fast. Kids can fast. Adults, now I'm not telling you to go make your kids fast. Because then they'll get mad at God because they can't eat. Um, they're too young to understand. But you do. You do understand. You recognize that fasting is this spiritual breakthrough point where you say no to your body. You say yes to God. You put these things sacrificially on hold and say, I'm going to now dedicate this time to being with God. That's what a true fast is, is when we completely just say no to God or no to food and we say yes to God. So here's what I want to do. I want to share with you six different results from fasting. When I look at the scripture, now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw out a big blanket. And one of these points is going to hit somebody in here today. And I'm telling you, you need some breakthrough. You do. If nothing more, you need some self-discipline and fasting is going to help you get there. Or you know what? You're going to prepare yourself for something down the road that you're unaware of. A future temptation, a future heartache, or a future promise, or a future uh, opportunity that God's going to get. You're going to prepare yourself in the way that you're going to do it. It's through fasting. Check this out. There's six different ones if you want to follow along and take notes. Number one is this. Everybody say the breakthrough fast. Okay, I know we're talking about fasting, and, and you're not excited right now. Just humor me, you know what I mean? Because this is terrible to preach and feel all alone. So let, let's try that again. Everybody say, the breakthrough fast. Breakthrough. There you go. I know you don't want to fast. Nobody wants to fast. That's why we do it, the breakthrough fast. So check this out. There's, there's a story, and if you want the references in Mark chapter 9. In Mark chapter 9, a father brings his son to the disciples, and he's got all these issues, and, and, and they, they try to pray for the kid and deliver the kid from being tormented. And the disciples are lost. They don't know what to do. So they bring him to Jesus, because Jesus always knows what to do. And so they bring the boy to Jesus, and they say, hey, we prayed, we tried everything, we did all the little things you told us to do, and nothing worked. And Jesus makes this unique comment. He says, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Like some of you, you've got a thing. You've got a sin. You've got an issue. You've got a hurdle that you seem to just not be able to overcome. You can't break through. You don't know what it is. And I'm telling you, you haven't tried fasting yet probably. There's something you need about fasting that will get you that extra bit of leverage, that extra bit of power, that whatever it is to get over the finish line. It's and here's what you need to know too. And this is why fasting, even if all of life is going pretty well, why fasting is still important. It's because when the dilemma hits and it's a sudden dilemma, you don't have time to go fast, do you? You need it right there in the moment. So when they, bring, when they brought the little boy to the disciples, it wasn't like, hmm, hold on a second. You know what? Give me 24 hours, I'm going to go fast, and I'll be back. That's not what the parent's looking for. That's not what the kid needs, which means this. As a disciple and a follower of Jesus, fasting should be a part of your lifestyle. It should be something that you do on a somewhat regular basis so that you are always prepared for breakthrough. Number two is this. This is a revival fast. The revival fast. This is, I'll tell you where this one comes from. In the book of Samuel, the nation is corrupt. The nation is spiritually bankrupt. The priest is kind of backslidden. He's so backslidden that his kids are doing some of those ungodly stuff up in the temple. It's just all kinds of bad. I mean, I just can't even describe some of the wickedness and awfulness that's going on. And so Samuel is, is raised up as a prophet. And when he sees how the, the, the country is spiritually bankrupt, he calls a nationwide fast. Why? Because fasting is what brings revival. Like you want God to move, you want to feel God's presence, you want God to show up in your life in radical ways, I'm telling you, you need to fast. As a church, to bring revival to this church and to this area, we need to fast. To do it to your personal life, you need to fast. 
Number three is this. It's what I would call the clarity fast. How many of you in life get to these crossroads and you can go this way or that way and you don't know which way to go? You have these decisions that you need to make. You have these opportunities. Well, do I say yes to this one and no to that one? And sometimes it's not so obvious. Sometimes it's not like, I got a verse for that. You know, in 1 Todd 3.19, I mean, there's a verse that says, go there. But not no, you're, sometimes you're debating between two good opportunities. Like, how do you debate between two good opportunities? You need the Holy Spirit to give you some clear direction. And the way that you do that is fasting. I get this from the book of Acts. From the moment that the Apostle Paul became saved, his very first thing he did was go on a three-day fast. And every time, that if you watch the apostles, the way they work all throughout the book of Acts, every time they have to appoint somebody or figure out which city to go to or what to do next, they all get together and they all do what? They fast. When you need clarity to make some decisions, I'm telling you, you got to start fasting. Number four is this. This is what we would call the health fast. Now, again, in the Bible, fasting at its core is abstaining from food. But this is the one unique place where you find... Um, a guy named Daniel doing something very specific with his diet, and I call it the health fast. So Daniel is thrown into Babylon. Babylon's this foreign city full of wicked, crazy, idolatrous people. And so Daniel and his three best friends are, are basically surrounded by a bunch of other ungodly dudes, but they're all the smartest and the brightest of the bunch. And the king says, hey, here's all the food. And they used to like take food and sacrifice it to their idols and then they would eat it. And so Daniel was like, no, I'm not going to do that because that's idolatry and we don't roll like that. And then a lot of their food just wasn't kosher. And he was a Jewish guy, so he's not eating the pork and the shellfish and all that. He's like, I'm not eating that stuff. And so he asked the king, he said, king, if you'll let me do my diet for 21 days, I guarantee you that at the end of my diet, I will be better fit and look better than your dudes eating all of the king's wine and the meat and all the things that you've got for him. And so the king's like, yeah, sure, go for it, I don't care. So for 21 days, he eats nothing but that which is natural and whole from the earth. Fruits, vegetables, and grains for 21 days. And they basically go on to say that at the end of 21 days, Daniel and his guys look fantastic, and the other guys, eh. And so this is where people, and as a matter of fact, I have a group of people that just, that, that just started a, a Bible study off of Rick Warren's book called The Daniel's Fast. The Daniel's Fast has been around for a long time. Rick Warren just wrote a book about it. And, and shockingly enough, the way that he starts his book, and please don't be offended at me, you can write Rick a letter. Um, but the way that he starts his book is this. He said, last year we baptized over 800 people in this one big baptism event. And he goes, that's the day I realized, wow, as a whole, we are really fat. He said, because when you baptize 800 people, he goes, I was so sore the next day from dunking and lifting and dunking and lifting. All these people that are way too overweight. So, so he writes this whole book based on the idea that as, as a whole, Amer- I, don't you know if, I don't know if you know this, America as a whole is kind of an unhealthy nation. Now, we've made so many advances in medicine and technology with medicine. But as a whole, when we look at our diet, Americans are incredibly unhealthy. And I'm telling you what, the 21-day Daniel fast, this is something that we've done for years in my home, and I'm telling you, it works. It will bring, so if you've got ailments, if you've got uh, joint problems, if you've got issues in your, in, your, in your kidneys, in your liver, in your organs, I'm telling you, it is a cleanse for your body, but it is also a cleanse for your soul. It's a cleanse for your heart. It is a 21-day fast that will help you bring healing to your body. Listen to this, Don Colbert, uh, medical doctor, said this. He said, fasting 
is a powerful, natural way to cleanse your body from the burden of excess toxic nutrients, such as bad fats, and from all other chemicals and toxins that cause degenerative diseases. Like radical notion, fasting is actually really, really good for you. Whether it's a Daniel's fast or whether it's a, a, a 24-hour water only or a three-day water only, or I'm telling you, it's re- because it basically allows your entire intestinal system to go on a break and then your body to completely flush out and cleanse itself. Fasting is really, really good for you. Let's keep going. Number five is this. Everybody say the power fast. Okay, y'all, uh, that whole health thing. Uh, yeah, okay, come back. Everybody say the power fast. Thank you, Danny. Danny's shouting at me. See, Danny is a, is a football fan, and so he knows when he goes to the Niner games, he yells, so he might as well yell at church. Um, so the power fast. This is the fast. If you will go look at the life of John the Baptist, John the Baptist, for whatever reason, had incredible power and influence and impact in the kingdom. Jesus looked at his life, and in the words of Jesus, he looked at John the Baptist and said, this is the guy that was the most powerful guy in all the kingdom. Like he was greater than all the other prophets that came before him. That's pretty high praise. From the Son of God to, tell, to talk about you, and this was after he died, to talk about you in such a way to say he was the most powerful prophet who ever lived. But the Bible says that John lived a lifestyle of fasting. I'm telling you, you want power in your life, power in your prayers, influence in the kingdom of God, influence in life. I'm telling you, it comes from fasting. Lastly is this, number six, last one, and we'll kind of wrap this up. The Bible says in the book of, of Esther that Esther had to go before the king. And here was the deal. In, in their time and day and culture, you couldn't just go knock on the king's door and just show up anytime you wanted to. You had to be invited to come see the king or you would be or could be put to death. So Esther finds out and catches wind that there's an assassination plot, not just against one Jew, but the entire Jewish people at large. And she knows she's the queen and she knows she needs to go to the king. And so she basically fasts for three days just so that she can go see the king and hopefully she, you know, doesn't get her head taken off. How many know you might need some favor in that situation? Some of y'all just need to go to a boss or go to a parent or go to a loved one or go to a relative or go to a situation. You need opportunity on a job site. You need something. I'm telling you, favor is the one divine factor that you cannot measure. You cannot measure God putting you in the right place at the right time with the right people. You cannot put a price tag on that. Well, who is it that ordains the steps and moves heaven and earth to put people in the right place at the right time with the right people? Who controls all that? God does. And God said, you want favor over your life? Fast. And so sure enough, she gets... She gets a seat with the king. She gets the king's ear. She starts to make moves. And then sure enough, she makes the entire country, or not the entire country, but the entire people of Israel go on a corporate fast so that they might be delivered and they might be saved. So this is what we're doing as a church, again, for the last four or five years. If you've never done this before, I would say just try it. And we have one week. I don't, I don't get up here on a, on a Sunday and say fast. We're starting right now. Because I want you to take the week. Here's, here's the walk away. Here's what we're taking home today. I told you this series and this message would be very, very practical. This is how practical we're going to get. For the next few days, I want you to pray and I want you to ask the Lord, God, what can I give up and what should I be fasting? Some of you good, would do fantastic as a family if you fasted television for 21 days. Your kids, just, if you have kids, listen to me, listen to me. They're younger kids, especially. Your kids will be more obedient, happier kids. Now, for the first three days, they might kill you, so watch your back. 
my kids already know because I've been doing this for years. We, 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 we literally, they, they do some fasting too. And one of the things they vow, they, we shut down t- television for 21 days. And I'm telling you what, they are, babe, am I, am I lying? They are better children. <laughs> they're more obedient. They have better attitudes. They're better with their imagination. They're better with their creativity. They're better with their people skills. I'm telling you, that's just something we do with our kids. For 21 days, me and my wife do a Daniel's fast. And I'm telling you, we do, uh, and, it, and I feel like a rabbit. I promise you, I eat nothing but fruits, vegetables, and grains, and they're whole, uncut, organic. I mean, they're just, my wife goes all out for this thing. And we do this every single year. And it's the, it's the best way to get on that health cleanse and to cleanse your body. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but like God actually, see, we have this kind of like misnotion in Christianity that God just cares about our heart and he doesn't care about our body. No, that's dumb. Let me tell you why. It's because God wants to use you in the earth to do great things. And for you to do great things in the earth, what do you need? A body. And you need a body that's healthy and whole and fit and able to go and to do. And if you don't got that body, you're going to be with him sooner than what he originally intended. So God wants you healthy and wants you whole. Not to mention that, and and here's, here's what I challenge everybody to do. And this is what I request and ask as the pastor of this church. This is your church is that during this 21 days that God's speaking to us to fast and to do some things, I ask everybody to do at least one 24-hour period where it is water only. There's just something unique about it. There's something you need to experience where you say no to your body. You tell your body, nope, you're not in control. Nope, you can do without food. I know you think you're going to lose it and go crazy, but you can do And don't bite your spouse's head off. You know what I'm saying? Don't kick the cat. Well, maybe the cat, but don't kick the dog. I'm just kidding. I mean, cats are fine. Um, here's what else this does. There's something about fasting that helps you connect to the plight of others. Because most of us, there's some of us who have experiences, but most of us, most of us have never gone to bed hungry at night because we didn't have any food. Most of us have never had our stomach gnaw at us in pain because we haven't eaten in a couple of days and it wasn't because we were fasting. It was because literally we were going to die or there wasn't enough food or whatever. There are literally millions of people around the globe that go to bed hungry every single night and we have never experienced. I'm telling you what, you need some more compassion in your heart towards people who are struggling and who are on hard times financially or in other parts of the world that don't have the amazing blessings that America has. And when you fast, you will connect yourself with the plight of others. You will tell your body to say no. You're going to get some incredible benefits from it. But above all, you know what I really want? I want you to connect with your Heavenly Father. Because fasting, in essence, kind of says this. God, I want you even more than I want food. God, I want you even more than I want food. This is why when Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness... He was at the end of that 40 days. He was tempted and tested by the devil, the Bible says. And the Bible says that the devil came out and was like, man, there's some good bread. You should eat the bread. And Jesus said these words. He goes, man does not live by bread alone, but rather out of the words that proceed from the mouth of God. We need to learn that principle ourselves. And as a church, that's why we do this every single year is because we want to be reminded man doesn't live by bread alone. Food alone will not satisfy our souls. We need something more. And there's so many, so many, so many benefits that come from this thing called fasting. And I'll prove it to you. Let's, let's read the scripture again. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, and we're done. The Bible says when you fast, not if, but when you fast, don't, don't look somber at the, like the actors and the hypocrites do. They disfigure their faces to show men that they're fasting. But I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting. But only to your father, listen to these words, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret 
will what? Some of y'all need a breakthrough. I'm telling you, it's fasting. It's our Hail Mary. It's what we do when we've kind of exhausted all the other options and we've been, we've been walking with God and we've been trying and we've been praying, and we, but we just need that breakthrough. I'm telling you, fasting is the Hail Mary of the Christian experience. And it should be something that we don't do just in absolute desperation hopes, but actually something that we work into our behavior and our lifestyle. So even when the crisis hits, we're already prepared. Let's pray this morning. So, Father, the, the scriptures have spoken, and God, we, we, we want to respond. God, we know that fasting is something that, that, that people who know you and have put faith in you have been doing for thousands of years, and God, it's our time to get in on it. God, we want to fast. And so, God, we pray that over these next seven days that you would speak to us. But, Lord God, you'd, you'd help us maybe as, as married couples pray together, and God, give them clarity on what it is that they can do together and how they should fast and how they should move forward. Some of you have, have, a, have an unbelieving spouse, and you're going to fast and pray for them during these next 21 days. So, so you're asking God the question, God, what do I fast? And the next question you ask is, God, why am I fasting? I want a purpose. I want to be believing for some big things, some unique things. I'm going to be praying for some specific people. Some of you do. You need clarity. You've got decisions ahead of you, and you're not sure what to do. We're going to fast. Some of you need to overcome the hurdle, that sin that obstacle, that thing that keeps nagging at you, that, key, that thing you keep stumbling back into, you repent and then you kind of go back to it. I'm telling you, we're going to knock that thing out with fasting. Some of us just need some, some, some help and favor in life and we're going to be fasting. So God, what is it for these 21 days coming up? Will we be fasting, God? And then what will be the focus of our fast? What will we be praying for? What will we be praying about? And God, I pray that you give us the strength. God, let us know that this isn't just a diet. This is a spiritual step that we're taking to say no to something else so that we can say yes to you. And so God, speak to us, Lord. Help us. In this time of fasting, God, I pray above all that we would draw our hearts to you, to know you, and to be with you, God. To have you speak to us. That God, through fasting, it would kind of like take away the noise and the chaos of life and make things just a little more peaceful, a little more still so that we could hear your voice. God, we pray that you would help us, Lord. Give us direction. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap this morning.